as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, the boys are back. It is a special quarantine edition of the Top Pair Podcast. It's been a little bit. We missed you. We love you. We're glad to be back. I am one of your hosts. I'm Eric Weinstein. With me is my boy, coming from his quarantine location of Rochester, New York, half in the bag. Nick Maxwell, how are you, bud? Oh, I'm swell, my friend. We uh, just got handed down to us today by the governor that we are now essentially not allowed to leave our houses unless it's an absolute necessity. So we figured, why not? Why not do a, a little, uh, you know, two, three week recap of the uh, NHL season after it's been canceled, unfortunately? Yeah, well, you, postponed. Yeah, postponed is the key word. You might as well. I think suspended was the technical term. Um, you know, it's been a little bit. We've been just trying to digest. You know, kind of get everything. You know, get used to everything that's going on. I know I've had to deal with a lot of work from home stuff. I'm sure Nick, you have too. Um, but yeah, we never really got to get into a few things that you know I was looking to hopefully speak about. You know, the past couple weeks because you know just with all the craziness that's going on, I'm just haven't really had. It just comes down to not really having a lot of time. Uh, but here we are. We had some time. It's a Friday night here in gorgeous New York State. So Nicholas, I know we were we've been texting a little bit back and forth today. Um, I know we wanted to talk about what we think the state of the league is going to be at once everything comes back. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the amount of times that I've heard the term fluid situation. You know, that's that's like the buzzword going on right now in the NHL and actually all sports days. If, if, Pretty if much, I'm being honest. yeah. You know, there's just so much so that so much that has to do with science that unfortunately I was never great at in school. No, nor I. <laughs> um, but go on. But obviously, with the coronavirus going on, the NHL has suspended play. Their obvious hopes, I think, is to kind of pick it up maybe towards the beginning of May. But like we said, it's a, it's a fluid situation. That's the buzz we're going to hear from Gary Bettman to Bill Daly to every single player of the National Hockey League. Unfortunately, that's just where we're at right now in today's society with everything. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where – Every single day you kind of wake up and have a little bit of hope that the NHL season is going to be back. Yeah, and I mean, it, with all the different commissioners across sports, you know, with Adam Silver in the NBA, um, my dad's boy, Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball, um, you know, it's just the, the way things are going, everything is just kind of on pause for right now. You want to make sure everybody's healthy. You want to make sure when everybody gets back, they stay healthy. And yeah, I mean, take a shot every time you hear fluid situation, you'd be you know, you'd be on the floor in about a half hour. So, you know, and it's a shame because the way that, you know, especially this hockey season was going, everything was changing every day. Like we had brought up over the past couple months, you know, it would have been, you know, we were talking about playoff situations, talking about players coming back from injury. Well, now teams that were injury plagued, I mean, this helps them get healthy by the time the season comes back. I mean, early May might be a pipe dream at this point, but you know, hopefully, you know, all these once teams come back, every team is back at full strength and they're ready to go. Yeah, like you said, um, we we just we just don't know, unfortunately. But I think one of the things that's kind of on our side, maybe, is the fact that the NHL is very hell bent on being back in the back in the season. The fact that. Every team in the league has had 68 games played already, which is 
definitely more than enough of a sample size to figure out who are the playoff teams more than non-playoff teams. I'd say so, so yeah, for sure. Eric and I on this episode are going to kind of go through the hypothetical situations of, you know, who would we pick if the season were to end today based on um, the award winners such as like Jack Adams, the Calder, the Vesna, and such and such and such. And then, you know, later, if we if we get the opportunity, obviously Eric and I will go through hypothetical situations with the playoffs, but it's 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 strange. Obviously, this is a really weird time in sports. Um, I think, like every hockey fan out there, I I just distraught at the fact that we've gone in fact that it's eight, or fact that it's March and we just don't have any any hockey going on whatsoever. It's it's crushing. But you know, it, Eric and I are just holding faith. That's what that's all we can do in this situation, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, and the good. Th- I mean, not to say the good thing about it, but you know, something that you know, we're all in on the same boat here. It's not like somebody knows something and is holding out information, or you know, they're just trying to keep everybody in the you know in the dark. Nobody knows what's going on. So we're gonna try to you know. I know I've been refreshing Twitter. I have notifications on certain people to get their tweets. You know, just to see if we can get any type of information out. And once we do, we can get it to you. Uh, this seems like the appropriate time to plug our social media. Um, I will be, you know, keeping the Twitter account active at top pair underscore pod. I know it's been a few days. I've been having, it's been a while, two days over here for me. So I haven't really been able to tweet as much, even from my own account. Um, but, you know, we're going to try to keep you guys posted, keep you guys aware of what's going on. Um, and with that, I mean, Nick, you want to just get right into it? Let's just start talking about our predictions. So let's start out um, with everybody's favorite award, the Hart Trophy. We were going to pick who we thought was going to win what. So, Nick, who was your choice for this year's Hart Trophy? Yeah, so for me, the Hart Trophy, I know everyone's kind of been banking on the Leon Drysaddle, uh bandwagon. And I totally get it. I totally understand. I can't really debate anything that that guy has accomplished. Personally, that dude has shown me a lot this year in terms of what he can do without Connor McDavid on his side. But for me, I still have to go with a dude like Nathan McKinnon. You're talking about 90-plus points in 69 games. Nice, by the way, in 69 <laughs> um, <laughs> But you think of the fact that the injuries that the Avalanche have gone through right now, um, you know, when the season ended, they were missing seven of their top nine forwards. You know, and the fact that Nathan McKinnon is already the target of every other team's defensive strategy. Yeah, he's at the top and now of every he, other team's You take away track. that cast, and now it's like, well, what help does he really have? McKinnon, McKinnon, to me, like he's a guy that plays in the hardest division that there is in the Central. When mm-hmm. you talk about teams like St. Louis and Dallas and Nashville that he's and Winnipeg that he's constantly battling with, and yet he continues to carry the load for his team. 35 goals this year already. Um... Jared Bender at this during the season hasn't even played him with his top line with Gabriel Landskog and Miko Rantanen. One because of injury and two because of he's trying to find that balance between that top six and that top nine. And yet McKinnon has continued to produce. So for me, I, I always have to go with McKinnon. I think if they played an 82 game season, this full season, I think he would be, I think Colorado would get probably second in that conference behind St. Louis. I think they would take out Dallas in the first round. So for me, Nathan McKinnon is my heart trophy winner. Nathan McKinnon. I mean, it's that's. I mean, I'm not like I'm going to tell you that's a bad choice. I mean, the guy's an absolute stud. You, I mean, you laid it out perfectly. They've been dealing with injuries all year. 
you know, we we touched here on this podcast that he's lost Rantanen. You know, they're moving him around without Landeskog. I know he's been playing with Andre Burakovsky a little bit. You know, everybody's moving around. It's not so. I think Nathan McKinnon is a great choice, and you kind of took a dump on who my pick was going to be. But I mean, my pick is obviously going to be Leon Drysaitel in Edmonton because with your, you know, with your exact rationale that you know he's been injured. You know, there's been not he's been injured, but there's been injuries on his team. Injuries with his line mates. Um, you know, Drysdale had to deal with one of the biggest injuries of the year when Connor McDavid went out in Edmonton. And, you know, he completely turned his game up 100%. I mean, I'm pulling up the stats here right now. Had them in my notes. Shout out to you. Um, 43 goals, 67 assists, and 110 points in, what, 68 games? I mean, those are absolute monster numbers. He's like over a point and a half per game, if my math is right. I mean, the guy has just totally picked up his game. He's, you know, where he's going to be on the power play. He's got that ridiculous shot. You know, I watched highlights of all his goals today on YouTube because there's really nothing else to do. So I was watching those. He can score from all over. He can score from in front of the net, wrist shot, slap shot. The guy can score from everywhere. And he's been setting up his teammates. He hasn't only played with McDavid all year. And with McDavid being out for that, you know, amount of time that he was out. I mean, I'm pulling up the standings here. I mean, Edmonton, they could have easily fallen out of the playoff picture when losing the best player in the world. And, you know, where we sit today with everything, you know, obviously play is suspended, but they're comfortably in second in the Pacific Division, four points ahead of Calgary, and only three points behind Vegas for first place. So I think, you know, if he didn't keep that level of play up, I mean, there was no way that Edmonton would be where they were. And I feel like it always it goes to who is the most valuable to your team, well, with McDavid out, Drysaddle quickly became the most valuable to his team, and I'm going with Leon Drysaddle, number 29. Yeah, listen, I, like I said, I can't disagree with anything that you just said, un- unfortunately, which I don't know if that waters down my selection or not. But <laughs> for, me, for me, Leon Drysaddle has, has put on the ultimate, like, I'm going to show you type season, right? Like, he's that guy who's figured out a bunch of different ways to score, whether it's from the outside using the shot, whether it's from the middle of the net getting dirty areas um, on the power play. I think he's even put in a couple shorthanded goals this year, a couple shorthanded points. But the fact that he's got 10 game-winning goals this year, too, proves that he's just been let out a difference maker. Yeah, I had that in my notes. I forgot to say that. So thank you for bringing that up. Appreciate you. Oh, you're welcome. I, like I said, I try to carry the load here between you and myself. Well, yeah. As we both but take a drink. the only reason on. that I pick – McKinnon over dry saddle is because that I think McKinnon does play in the harder division. And I think even with the loss of McDavid, I think that in a per games lost in terms of their, his supporting cast, I think um, McKinnon has, has had a bigger disadvantage there. When you're talking about guys like Tyson Yost and Gabriel Landeskog and Nico Rantanen been kind of gone for that team. Um, I also, I'm just, I'm not sure about Jared Bender as a coach. I love Dave Tippett as a coach. I knew Dave Tippett was going to be a guy who, you know, when McDavid went down, he's going to say, okay, how do I tweak things that we can still be an effective one? Yeah, I mean, and I know you've brought up how much, I mean, we've talked about Dave Tippett before. So, um, I mean, I know, and you told me that even when they hired him before, when it was just you and me and you two dopes talking about hockey before we had this podcast, which I guess we are still two dopes talking about hockey, but... Um, you know, you told me that this guy was, you know, I mean, I, I mean, knowing from where he came from, knowing the teams he's coached before and the style that he coaches, you knew he was going to be successful up there. 
and you know they're continuing to be successful. So I mean, you make a lot of great. I'm not. I lo- listen. I love Nathan McKinnon, so I'm not going to tell you that the guy's a bum or nothing. But I mean, if it, if it went to either one of them, I mean, I, it wouldn't be a shock to me. Like if if McKinnon came out winning the heart, would I shed a tear? No, I would love it if the guy won. But I just think this year it's it's dry saddles award to lose. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, it's it's great that this game is in a place that we can have this type of conversation and this type of competition and everything. Um, but sticking with the central theme and, and me picking McDavid, I'm going to go with, we're transitioning to the the Norris Trophy winner, and I'm going to go with Roman Yossi. Um, Roman Yossi is a guy who's, he's, lead, he's leading all defensemen, I believe, or second, or excuse me, second in scoring to John Carlson in um, points for defensemen. But the fact that he also just carries that team on the back end. You look at how bad the Nashville Predators forwards have been when you talk about Shane and Turris and, you know, Forsberg's having a little bit of a down year. A lot of money on that front line. A lot of money. Yeah, they they spent so much money on that front line. And the fact that with how bad statistically those guys have been, you know, it's cost Peter Laviolette his job. And John Hines has come in and tried to implement his style. And... Roman Yossi, to me, it feels like he's just been carrying this team up a hill the entire year. He's third in the league in ice time average per game. Like, he's just, he's been one of those guys that he's just been putting his nose into the ground in terms of everything that he's been trying to give them. You know, 16 goals on the year, which is a lot for a defenseman. But, you know, averaging almost 21 minutes a game. So, which which is pretty pretty big considering how deep that decor is when you talk about their top four. Yep. But... I, I know a lot of people are going to point at John Carlson, but for me, again, I'm probably in the minority when I say this, but Roman Yossi, to me, has been the best defenseman in the entire National Hockey League this year. It really makes for bad radio and a bad podcast when I have to agree with everything you said and I continue to do so. Because, I mean, what can you not say about this guy? I mean, like you said, he's out there on the power play. He's out there on the penalty kill. He's averaging over 21 minutes per night for Nashville, for a team that is now fighting, well, when the season comes back, they would have been fighting for their playoff lives. You know, the the captain of the team, face of the franchise, and what a handsome face that is. I mean, this guy is this guy is number one defenseman, the very definition of the word. So another one where if this if, you know, we're watching the award show, if they have it, and it comes out that Roman Yossi wins the Norris, who's gonna be shocked? Not this reporter. But um you know, you mentioned him before. I think this year, considering from start to now, I guess, finish of this season, my number one defenseman, my Norris Trophy winner, I said it probably in November, that he had Hart Trophy looks as well. It's John Carlson, Johnny Carlson in Washington. I mean, the numbers I haven't pulled up here, he's got 15 goals, 60 assists, which, I mean, on that Washington power play, I mean, it's not hard to get assists there. And he's a plus 12 on the year, 75 total points. Um, number another guy, just number one defenseman, you know, on the top team in the Metro Division, plays a ton of minutes every night. You know, he, you know, on that power play, he's the power play quarterback. You know, he, I've seen him lay those passes to Alex Ovechkin's one timer. You know, I see those in my sleep now. I've seen them so many times. Like this guy, I think there's just the season that he's had, how dominant he's been um, from start to finish. I think it's Carlson going uh, taking the Norris this year. Hang on, I can't hear you. You're speaking, but I don't hear you. 
Sorry, I muted myself. There you are. Um, Nick Nick's had a couple cocktails tonight. Sorry, folks. That's all that is. Yeah, a couple more, like six or seven. But anyway, but <laughs> you have no idea how happy it would make me for an American to win that award or any of these awards. Um, just to, just to show how how great the state of hockey is in the in the United States. John Carlson to me. He's a guy that I was kind of curious to see. Remember last year, he was a free agent signing, or he was an unrestricted free agent. And a lot of people were wondering what his number was going to be and if he was going to be able to live up to that massive contract after that season last year. And he's done that and more so, and more than. You know, he's he's been an absolute horse on the back end for for uh, for the Caps. He's been a huge reason as to why they're in that position of leading that Metro division. I think right now. Like we've talked about with Olympic hockey, I think if you were to build Team USA, he's that first defenseman that you would put in that hole. Got to be. But like he said, he skates. He's he's got a great underrated shot to me in the entire National Hockey League. He has the most underrated shot. He can def- He's learning how to defend better. Um, he's becoming more of a you know of a disruptor, basically not an overly physical player, but enough that he's going to make you know that he's there, right? I think that he's really kind of taken to Trotz's system and he's learned under Trotz how to be a 200-foot defenseman, quote-unquote. But I think you're looking at he's easily top three, top two defensemen in the entire National Hockey League. Yeah, especially with the year he's had. And you bring up Trotz, I mean, obviously he's not the coach there anymore, but you can tell, when you watch those guys, even if I'll see them on like a Wednesday night game or when they play the Islanders, I mean, you still see... A lot of shots assist them with their defensemen. They're never out of position. You know, they're always, you know, they're always where they need to be. No odd man rushes. So, um, you know, I'm hoping, you know, get selfishly bringing up the Islanders because, you know, they're not winning any awards this year. But, um, you know, I'm hoping to see a guy like Ryan Pulak become that, you know, how John Carlson has been. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's another one where if either one of those guys win, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, so I think going forward too, um, sticking with the Metro division <laughs> yeah, that we've just been talking about, I think if we're going to move on to the Adams Award, I'm going to have to go with Mike Sullivan. Sorry, you're probably most dreaded. You're Belichick to my to my or you're, yeah, you're Belichick to Come on. my Belichick or whatever, but you Mike Sullivan to the Pittsburgh Penguins to me deserves to be coach of the year. The fact that they have probably the most games lost in terms of crucial players in that league. Malkin's missed time, Latang's missed time, Crosby has missed time, and this team in that division has stayed right with it. Right now, if this division ended, they would be in third place, uh, only three points behind the Philadelphia Flyers, who just, for some reason, are medically obligated not to lose any hockey game <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Um, but I, I think Mike Sullivan, to me, it has been kind of that underrated coach for a long time. I think anybody who kind of takes the that that stool up there, that that thrown over of being running the Penguins kind of always forgets about, is always forgotten about because of the talent that they have on that team. Yep. But, you know what, it takes a great coach to manage egos. And I think you can look at that at any Olympic team or any team with a high amount of skill. And I think Mike Sullivan has done that. Yeah, I mean, I have to – this is so boring. But, yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, I mean, the guys, you know, coming from a guy who likes the team in the Metro division, I mean – they're always they're always going to be at the top, and you know there's a ton of egos in that room. I mean, you start with Gino, you go to 
Latang, you know, Crosby, Matt Murray's a two-time Stanley Cup winner. I mean, there's a lot of egos in that room. So, I mean, and with the way, you know, speaking of him, Matt Murray's been struggling this year. You know, they've gone to Tristan Jari a little bit. You know, the way he, you know, seamlessly kind of made that transition. You know, it's it, it starts from the top. And, I mean, the way that he's handled that team, I mean, he's done an excellent job. And, um, you know, we're going to stay in the Metro Division for my pick. Because my pick is a former, another uh, another coach in the Metro. Used to coach another team in the Metro. Um, that's one, Alain Vignon of the Philadelphia Flyers. And it pains Wait, say that again with that accent? It's Alain Vignon. It, it's my mom's favorite name in the NHL. Um, it, it pains me to say this. I, I've been eating so much crow because of my stupid tweet when I said, Flyers are frauds in all caps. And they've shoved it right back in the old face with the way that they've played. And it's they needed a coach, somebody who has won before. You know, he's never won the Stanley Cup. He's been there twice, once with Vancouver and once with the Rangers. This guy knows how to win. He knows how to get the most out of his players. And it took him a little bit because the Flyers are kind of floundering, I would say, the first 40, 45 games of the year. Um you know, post All Star break, they have turned it up, and like you said, they're sitting comfort—not comfortably, but they're sitting right now second in the Metro. You know, they're nipping on the heels of Washington. They were in first place for a little bit. I mean, and it starts. You know, he's gotten kind of hot to really just turn into this really, you know, starting caliber goaltender. You know, I mean, you could start up front. They have Giroux, they have Voracek. You know, the usual suspects. Um, you know, Travis Connecting was their All Star this year. He's really bought in. So I think, you know, and especially with them losing, you know, you know, with you know, everything that's happened with them, I mean, it's just really, you got to go with, um, I got to go with Elaine Vigneault here. Yeah, he, he's a guy that's won everywhere that he's ever gone. Um, the fact that he started off in Montreal, which the, the pressure cooker that is there, mm-hmm. and was able to pull out, you know, he won a Jack Adams there before, um, and he pulled out a lot of wins with a roster that, if you look at it now, it's, it wasn't a very good roster. But he, he's won everywhere that he's ever gone, whether that's Montreal, Vancouver, like you said, with the Rangers. And he's to me, he's kind of like that new Trotz, right? Like Trotz always had that reputation of having putting together pretty good regular seasons, but never been able to put together a great, consistent playoff run yep. round after round after round. And... I think he is. I think he will eventually win a Stanley Cup as a head coach. I don't know if it's with this Flyers group because I don't know the season's going to continue. But, <laughs> but, but I think he is one of those most underappreciated coaches in the entire National Hockey League. I think he relates to players really well. He's known for his sense of humor. He works well with the media, which I think buys him a lot of time. And like I said, being in Philadelphia, people talk about how awful a sports town Philadelphia is. When you talk about like. Eagles, the Flyers, the Phillies, and stuff like that. Hate that dude so is much. used to it. That dude is used to it, right? Like, he, he's just, I think he kind of scoffed at I remember when I first tweeted the fact that he took that job, my exact tweet was, why the hell would he take this position out of everybody, out of every other opportunity that he had? Yeah. And I think he's kind of just said, you know what? We're going to make the most of this. We have a solid roster put together. We have a decent collection of talent. And... I think if the playoffs did continue, that's a team nobody really wants to play right now. No, especially with how hot they've been and how, 
and I, I'm going to keep saying it like this, even though he's not from Boston. But Carter Hart has just been excellent. You know, he's Can't really say it with up. a Boston accent if he's from Canada. Even Vigneault has been calling it that, calling him that. So I mean, what are you going to sue me? But yeah, I mean, the way that they've just shot up the standings in a very, very quick period of time. I mean, it's. I feel like you know that starts from the coaching, like we said with Sullivan. You know, it starts with them. You got to, you need the coaching to, you know, to get you there. You need the coaching to when you don't start off so great, to then you know work your way back there. And I think the Flyers have definitely worked their way back since they're comfortably sitting in the playoff picture right now. Okay. Thanks. Okay, so we're gonna move on now to the Calder winner. I'm always afraid because these awards are so weirdly named that I always have to be like, what does that actually mean? Calder winner. So that's the rookie of the year in the NHL. Sure is. I'm going to have you go first on this one. Who was your Calder winner? My Calder winner, I feel like he wrapped up the Calder trophy when he scored that goal in the playoffs last year, his first career goal. And Oh, stop it. It's one Kale McCarr in, in Colorado. And um, you know, if you're hey, if your thing breaks right, I mean, you'll have two award winners coming out of the Colorado Avalanche. Kale McCarr right now, stud young defenseman. I think he's I don't even think he's twenty one yet. Uh, he's got 12 goals on the year, 38 assists for 50 points. Um, this kid, I mean, I remember when they when they traded Tyson Barry to Toronto. I was like, well, I guess it's going to put a lot of pressure on Kale McCarr because he's going to have to produce right away that they lost Tyson Barry. Well, guess what? The kid delivered. This kid is unbelievable. He's so confident. He's so fast. He moves the puck. Everybody always wants to, oh, we need that puck-moving defenseman who can skate. Well, guess what? They have him, and he's like, he can't even grow a beard yet. So my choice is going to be, I don't really have much else to say. I mean, if you watch the kid play, he's just so dynamic. He's so fast. Um, it's going to be a future power play quarterback. Kale McCarr, Calder Trophy. Your rebuttal. Well, he is 21. Just, he is just 21. So you know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love Kale McCarr. I love his game. I wish he was an American, so that way when the international hockey comes back, that he would represent um, Team USA, but that but that's beside the point. But anyway, I the fact that this dude went to a lesser known program in UMass yep. um, speaks to the ability of development by Greg Carvel. Even though that Cal McCarr was drafted fourth overall in his draft year, he he is a guy who can is going to be a multiple Norris Trophy winner. I firmly believe that he. He's has he has been an absolute stud this year for a team that's been is probably a pick for by a lot of people to be a Stanley Cup playoff or a Stanley Cup winner in the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I had that I um, had them losing to Vegas in the conference finals. I don't know how they would get there, but that was my pick at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me though, I I will say that I I do think the the North or the Colorado Trophy winner will go to Quinn Hughes. I think a the fact that He's in a Canadian market. He's going to get that more exposure. Yep. Meaning he's going to get picked by a lot more beat writers, by, by a lot of these following teams. And two, Quinn Hughes, to me, has that really unique ability that I've only ever seen from a couple of defensemen. And a couple of those defensemen are Eric Carlson, Nick Lidstrom. Whoa. Um, yeah. The and legend, I, and I'm saying that. And, I, and I'm saying that because, and I don't want to put that type of hype around Quinn Hughes, but it's just, He's he's shown flashes to me of such brilliance in the short time that I've been able to watch him that my to me like 
watching him as a guy who was born in 1999, by the way. Ugh. Like, how are you even that young? Um, it's just his ability to set the pace of play when he gets the puck on his stick is is just mind-boggling to me. The fact that he is not intimidated by playing against these guys on now again. He is hidden a little bit by Travis Green that he's not necessarily getting the top matchup every single night. But when the puck is on his stick, he is so comfortable in all positions, whether that be on the power play, even strength, shorthand, that he thrives in that mode, right? You know, he's got eight goals. He's got 53 points this year. But the fact that he's the captain of that power play, the fact that this team really hadn't taken off until they called up Quinn Hughes full time and giving him and kind of just said, okay, you know what? He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes, but we're just going to let him go. And then I think that's when the Vancouver Canucks finally took off. You know, he he is hidden a little bit. He does have a guy like Alex Edler, who's a veteran, to kind of lean on and attack and learn from. I think Quinn Hughes, to me, is is the future superstar defenseman in this National Hockey League. I think he does deserve to call the trip. Yeah, an American kid. I know you love all that stuff. I mean... It's funny when we were talking about, you know, when you talk about from he- Orlando, Florida. Are you serious <laughs> right now? Since when have you ever said, "Oh my God, we're getting a superstar player He's from Orlando, Florida"? Him and Mickey Mouse, man, come over to Team USA. <laughs> yeah, put put Mickey right next to him on his side there with the top pairing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny because when you talk about a Hughes winning the Calder Trophy, I bet everybody thought it was going to be the other Hughes that was going to be in the running for the Calder Trophy. <laughs> so, I mean, and uh-huh. I. Listen, one of those eight goals that Quinn Hughes was right in my stupid face at the Barclays Center when he buried an overtime winner against the Islanders. I don't think Grice has seen it yet. So, I mean, this kid is an absolute beast. I mean, watching him in person, I remember I was with my younger brother, who's not really a big hockey fan. You know, he went with me, you know, because he just wanted to go to the game or whatever. It was also Hawaiian shirt day. That probably had something to do with it. Um, And I was like... What a great promo. Yeah, right? I was like, watch this kid Hughes on Vancouver. He's like, why? I'm like, this kid's younger than you, and he's an absolute stud. And, I mean, it's the way that this kid plays, he's so confident. He's so quick. He makes decision-making is so quick. Um, he's got a good-looking shot, captain of the power play. You know, I think we're going to be talking about Hughes versus McCarr in the Western Conference for quite some time, which is disgusting I to say. So. Like 10 to 15 years, who's going to be the best defenseman in the NHL? You could talk about either of those two guys. You could talk about them for hours. So I love it. I love hearing, you know, guys like that, you know, kind of like, I mean, on a lesser level, but like a Crosby and Ovechkin always linked together. I'm hoping we get something like that with Hughes and McCarr. Yeah, I, like you said, I talk about the foreseeable future. We're talking about USA versus Canada right now with McCarr versus uh, Hughes. So we talk about the state of the NHL. This game has never been better, other than the fact that obviously they're not playing. Well, yeah, be that's kind of but, a problem. <laughs> but I, I'm so happy for these for these young kids. And one thought I kind of had the other day is like, if you're if you're Detroit and like you know you're rebuilding, this dude went to University of Michigan. Like, yeah, how'd you? Miss he it? literally went to school in your backyard, <laughs> and you didn't draft him at seventh overall. <laughs> yeah, they were just like. Well, we've probably had a close look at this kid. Ah, we'll see if we can get somebody else. Yeah, and I mean, I think they took Philip Zadina that year. I think that was his draft year. And, you know, I that think Philip Zadina right. can, can turn into like a 25-goal scorer in this league consistently. But you're talking about a guy who can set the pace of the game with the puck on the stick. That is so rare in NHL defensemen. 
you know, that that's even more rare than say like a 200 foot, you know, centerman, like a guy like Patrice Bergeron or Anze Kopitar. So like, especially out of Orlando, Florida, like it's just, I, it's mind boggling to me, the state of this game. And I love the fact that Quinn Hughes and Cal McCarr are both just putting in work on these older dudes. Yeah. It's just fun when you see the guys who've been in the league for, you know, you know, veterans have been around for like 10 plus years or whatever. Like the way he put Johnny Boychuk in the spin cycle. And I love Johnny Boychuk, but he had no answers for him for Quinn Hughes when I watched that game. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, either of those kids, I feel like it's, there's been so much talk about Makar winning it. And it's only been recently that Hughes has been, you know, putting himself in the conversation. I think it'll go to Makar, but you know, I, either one, you, you won't hear any, dissatisfaction out of me if either one of those kids win it and i could say kids because they're actual babies because they're like four or five years younger than i am yeah if you were born in 99 or 2000 you're 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 a kid i don't care i don't care what they say yeah you should still be i don't care what your responsibility or your or your financial income is you're a child (laughs) yeah you're a child might as well be 13 even though you're on your entry level deal you're a kid (laughs) all right so next uh let's go to you know what's funny? I forgot to pick a Selkie winner, so let's go with Vesna next. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Vesna winner? Yeah, who do you want? Okay. Um, I mean I feel like I'm on the I feel like I, this is probably the first one where I'm on everybody's bandwagon when I'm saying this, but I have to go with Jacob Markstrom, even though he's been hurt Ooh. this year. Dude, I'm giving a lot of love to Vancouver today between Markstrom and Hughes. Well, it's a beautiful city. We've been there. We know that. Oh, that's true. Just don't fall into any of their lakes or rivers or whatever it's called. Yeah, no. It don't, don't tip over your buddy's kayak like Nick did to me. Whatever. I had to throw my shoes <laughs> out. Whatever. That was sick. All right, go ahead. Talk about it. Shout out Rochelle. Go ahead. Talk about it. All right. But um, Jacob Markstrom. This is a guy who took – he was. It took him a long time to get developed. He's bounced around a lot of minor league teams. Yep. He was a Rochester American. Actually, shot out for a little while um, <laughs> when when he was for property of the Florida Panthers. The Amherst. But I think t- he's been the absolute backbone of this Florida Panthers team. I don't think it's a coincidence that when he's he on got the Canucks, hurt, not the, the Vancouver Panthers. Canucks started to slide in the standings. Um, you know, his record isn't overly impressive with 23, 16, 23 wins and sixty losses, but. If you talk to Travis Green, if you talk to any of those defensemen, he is that he has been that guy for them. He has been that absolute backbone of that team. And it's going to be interesting because he's only making a million and a half this year, and he's entering a UFA year, and he's going to be thirty-one by the time next season or during next season. So, what's his market going to be? That's going to be an interesting yeah. discussion going forward. But we'll have that discussion another day. I'm sure but, we will. Yeah, free agency edition. I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, but. I just I have to give this guy credit. I don't think there's another goaltender that means more to this more to their team than Jacob Markstrom. No, I mean Markstrom. I mean I was, I'm not that I'm surprised to hear him in the conversation, but I was surprised to hear you pick him. Um, and I like Markstrom. I mean the guy has been excellent for them, and like you said, they've you know they've slid in the standings now. If the season ended well, if the season ended on normalcy, um, right now the Canucks would be out of the playoffs, and it's you know due in large part to the fact and Thatcher Demko has been good. That's let's not take away anything away from him, but you know, Markstrom has been great yeah. for them all year. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, a solid pick. Um, the pick I'm going to make 
it's just from another team that I don't like. I mean, I already had to give the Flyers shout out them. Now I got to shout out the freaking Bruins. Puka Rask is going to be my pick for the Vesna Trophy. The guy who gets more crap from his fan base than anybody I can think of, and it's so not deserved because they'd say how, oh, this guy. Welcome to Boston Sports. Yeah, what, like they don't know how lucky they are to have this guy. Like Tuka Rask, I'll rattle off his numbers for you. 26, 8, and 6 for the current President's Trophy leading Boston Bruins. He's got a 2-1-2 save percentage. No, yeah, save per- no. What is that? Goals against. Sorry, save percentage is nine two nine. I mean, and the fact that he's carried the Bruins on the, his back. The fact, I mean, the the Bruins. You, you think the guys up front. You think the perfection line. You think Chara. You think McAvoy. You know whoever you want to talk about. Krejci, whatever. Tukarask has, you know, very not. I wouldn't say quietly, but has just been an absolute beast for them in goal once again. And he gets none of the credit. This year, I guess it will go to Pasternak because he's leading the league in goals right now. But, I mean, the guy has just been absolutely carrying the Bruins, continues to be a stud. You know, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the cup yet, but, you know, you got to think that's coming with the way that the Bruins continue to win. Um, I mean, I feel like he's an easy choice. I feel like it's got to be Tuka Rask, the Finnish god. disagree with you a little bit on the fact that I don't know if he's carried this team, just like you said. I think this this Bruce Cassidy has led this team to have such a great team concept in terms of everyone's responsible in their own zone and everyone's responsible in the offensive zone. Like you said, but I can't disagree with anything. He has been a stud this year. I think the difference between them making the playoff or making that Stanley Cup finals run in last year was Tukarask and his ability to make big saves and big moves. He was an absolute star last year. I think if the Bruins win that win that game seven, I think Tukarask does win that Smythe award. But for me, I, like there's just the Bruins are just such a good team. You know what I mean? Like, and again, Tukarask is a damn good goaltender. But I almost swore there. Oh, did I call myself? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like like you said, like it's just they're they're such a good team that. For me, that kind of offsets the way that he's been able to hold the fort down this season as to, compared to somebody like a Jacob Markstrom, where, like we said, there's Alex Adler and there's Quinn Hughes on that back end. And Quinn Hughes isn't exactly a, a you know Ryan McDonough-type defenseman. Right. You know what I mean? He's not exactly going to shut the door on other teams' top pairs. So, for me, that's why I gave him the edge. But, you know, like I said, I can't hate on your pick. I really can't hate on your pick. Like, his number, 26-8-6 at this point of the season, that's that's ridiculous of a record. Yeah, and I feel like you have to award with with some of these. At least the way I always thought about it is, you award the guys whose teams have been great as well. Unless it's somebody like, say, like a Mike Trout in baseball, who it's not his fault that the Angels are a joke. But like, um, I mean, the the Bruins. There, you know, if season ends today. Keep saying that, even though it's kind of over. Um, they win the President's Trophy, and I think you. You have to award the guys who have been succeeding all year on a team that has been great. And the Bruins have been, without a shadow of a doubt, great all year. So I think that's where you know I, I kind of edge in my end Rask over a guy like Markstrom. even Because Markstrom, you can't take anything away from the guy. The guy's been excellent. But his team right now, if they, they wouldn't make the playoffs if the season was done with the way that the, the standings end up. So... Um, can't give it to a guy who doesn't make the playoffs, in my opinion. 
it's going unless again it's a Mike Trout because you know the Angels. But yeah, we're gonna go with Tukarask for me. Finish my beer, so I don't know what you want to do. Want to talk Selkie or what? All right, let's talk Selkie. Um, it's unfair because everybody knows right, for I want. Go I think this guy has deserved the Selkie for a long-ass time. I think this is the year he finally gets his due, but maybe not. Again, like like we say all the time, we say something and it goes complete 180 the opposite way on this podcast. That's just the way it works. Yep. So if we ever, say, if we ever talk about gambling on this podcast, like don't ever go, Take with, the other say, one. go with the opposite. Take the other guy. Yeah, exactly. For me, it is Sean Couturier deserves the Selkie Award winner this year. Dude is in his ninth season this year. He's never won this award, but he is a guy who plays on the top line with Claude Giroux and Travis Konechny and, you know, whatever whatever wingers you want to fill in as a lame and, you know, kind of tweaks with their lines and stuff. But the fact that since October 29th, dude's got 38 points in 40 games. Like, you're talking about almost a point-per-game player of a guy who takes on the other team's top pairing. Yep. That is the definition of a Selkie winner. I he plays a full two hundred foot game, but he's he's not one of those guys who just like he completely he's not like a Philip Deneau who just takes away the other team's opposition, but then won't give you really much on the offensive end. He is a guy who complete who always seems to chip in with big goals and big points. Um, you know, I take you back. I think it was either last year or the year before. The guy had a hat trick with a torn MCL in his knee. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, dude, dude is just Gamer. dude is just a absolute hockey warrior. You know, he goes to the net hard. He challenges defensemen one on one. He's not afraid to bring that puck through the net. He's not afraid to go to the tough areas on the ice. But he he can make plays on the power play. He can make plays one on one. He can make plays. You know, obviously he's on a penalty kill because he's so good defensively. But you know, since 2017-2018, he ranks fourth in ice per game for forwards in the National Hockey League. Now, nobody would have thought that, but because he's so responsible and he's such a good 200-foot player, like Sean Couturier, to me, finally gets his due this year, or should get his due this year, and wins the Selkie Trophy. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, you know, I watch the Flyers when they play the Islanders, and you know, I'll catch them when they play the Rangers and Devils every now and then. You know, Couturier is the guy that is always just to watch that guy play. He's just a hound to go after that puck. There, the guy's always you know always in the right position, makes the big plays, and then he'll score the big goals for the Flyers as well. So Couturier is just an an, an easy choice, and you know I didn't naturally that means I didn't take him um, because I didn't make a pick. So if I have to make a pick, uh, hmm. So good. It's easy to say Bergeron or O'Reilly. It's just so easy to pick. They're those just. Guys. I mean, honest. If we're being honest, by the time Bergeron retires, they're gonna. They're just gonna rename the award after him. Yeah, I'm just gonna pick him. I mean, it's just. It's it's so easy to. Pick. I mean, you know, he's gonna at least be a finalist. I mean, so I'm good there. Um, I mean, the guy he plays on the perfection line in Boston. The nickname with him, Pasternak and Marchand. I mean, you can honestly call. He's one of my favorite players in the league. You can actually call him the perfect hockey player. The way he scores all the big goals. You might have muted yourself again. Um, the way he scores all the big goals. The way he, you know, he locks up the, the top assignment on the other team. You know, whoever it may be, the top centerman. 
Um, the guy is always, you know, he chips in on the power play. He scores the big goals, makes the big plays. Um, Patrice Bergeron, Boston Bruins. Yeah, and like I said, I just said it. Like they're probably gonna name the award after that guy, so I can't eat on it. <laughs> um, it's the easy pick. It's like picking Char for the guy you want to win in a fight. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> who's the tallest guy in the league? Char. Okay, who's the best defensive forward in the league? Okay, Bergeron. Like yeah. that's just. And it pains me to it say is. it because I picked two two Bruins, two of them. I I hate Boston sports, and I picked two Bruins. Like what a sellout! But what are you gonna do? Gotta make That's a, all right. It's a dark gotta, time gotta in Boston sports. Gotta Shout make a podcast. Tom Brady going, going to Tampa, Florida. Yeah, I think I'm a. That just means that Jameis is going to go to New England and just to see Belichick work with Jameis. Oh, it's going to be so funny. Um, I hope he throws 35 interceptions. I'm with um, him. <laughs> but anyway, that like you said, they, like he is the standard for that type of award. He is the standard for the 200 foot player. Every guy who comes in this league now wants to be a. Patrice Bergeron type player. Yep. And good on the Bruins and the way that they manage their cap for having that guy at the contract that they have. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that Crosby always says. He always says, taking less doesn't work unless everybody takes less. And everybody on that team has taken less. And, you know, they're going to win the President's Trophy this year. So, you know, everybody says, oh, I want to make my money. I want to do this. Well, the Bruins just want to win hockey games and try to win the Stanley Cup. And, with the guys that they have there, again, hate it as you pantomime something we can't talk about. Um, you know, it's uh, you know those guys know how to win, and it starts with their best player. And in my opinion, Bergeron, he's their best player, and that's why he's my best choice for the Selkie Award. Okay, um, and then to close it out here, we'll do one more. We'll do the so many awards this league is out. It's kind of um. All right, we'll do comeback player of the year award. I'll let you go first on this because I think we both have. I think we'll both have the same player. The comeback player of the year. Now I don't want to be wrong. Well, well, that's up to you. I... Well, he's not really a come. Well, he's not really a comeback player because he kind of played at the beginning of the season. Um, I was gonna say Bobby Ryan from what he came back from. Was I right? Yeah, your thumbs up with me. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, we we covered it a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, but we covered it where, you know, the guy needed help. He entered himself into alcohol rehab, and he came back, and he scored the Hattie in Ottawa. And it was just, what a moment for that guy, you know. It just, I mean, we, we covered it, you know, a couple weeks ago, so I won't go too deep into it, but the guy noticed the problem, these guys, they're human beings. They have issues just like all of us. Believe me, we all have them. And he had them too. And, you know, he comes back and he gets to come back and play for the Senators and scores the big goals. And the guy's a, the guy's a hell of a player. I mean, contract or not, the guy's a great hockey player. So good to see Bobby Ryan back. And now you tell me about him because I know I can see you're itching to get into the conversation. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I listen, I, I love Bobby Ryan more than anything. And the fact that more than anything. Came out and said that More they than anything. Tested positive for coronavirus this week. If it's Bobby Ryan, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'll just cry because of the amount of stuff that that dude has been through and the fact that if he gets this stupid ass disease, yep. like, he's like, what did he kick a dude when he's down? You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, I feel like, um, you know, obviously praying for those guys up in Ottawa, hoping that it's, 
you know, they're, you know, hopefully they're getting the treatment that they need. I don't know if they'll release who the guys are, but, you know, I'm hoping that those guys get the treatment they need. I'm hoping those guys stay healthy, you know, keep them, you know, social distancing. I know everybody's making jokes about it online, but that is the key to this thing here. Everybody stay healthy, stay safe. And you're hoping those guys up in Ottawa, you know, they're doing that, just that, and staying quarantined and keeping everybody healthy. Yeah, I listen, I, I love Bobby Ryan, and everybody knows that. I think Bobby to me, Bobby Ryan was one of my favorite. He was my one of my idols growing up. I was a winger just like he was. I tried to be a goal scorer just like he was. He had that wicked shot that I always wanted to do. Um, and I think it's awesome that everything he's accomplished this season, both not only on the ice, obviously, but more so off the ice. The yep. fact that he's been able to find the help that he's been able to get. But just to be different, I will say Anthony Duclair because I think he deserves a oh, special yeah. shot. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. Man, what a year that kid's had up in Yeah, up in and I mean, he's already, he's already set, in 66 games alone, he's set a record high for goals in a season. Um, and he's only four points off his, his total, which was set in 15-16. But Anthony Duclair was a guy who was a really highly touted prospect and then just couldn't find his niche in Arizona and then went through a lot of different trades and situations. And he just couldn't ever find his niche as an NHL player. I think in Ottawa where expectations were low and he got to play with some highly more more highly skilled guys, Andy Duclair has had a career year. 23 goals, 17 assists. Um, I mean, obviously Ottawa isn't a very good team, but I'm a team, I'm a team where he's been given that opportunity to be a superstar. I think he's been that more. Yeah, I think he deserves this award. I think, and I hope Anthony Duclair. Obviously, he's on a one-year deal, but I hope Anthony Duclair kind of stays in Ottawa and continues to get those type of opportunities to be a stud that he is. But I think he does have a lot of hockey skill, and I think he does have a lot of hockey IQ. I just don't know if he's been giving that opportunity based on our situations that he's been in. You know, you look in Chicago; they had a loaded roster. Columbus; they had a loaded roster at the time. I think even in Ottawa last year, under you know, Guy Boucher, where he got buried on that on that forward line, on that forward depth, and he was forced to play in a defensive system. That's just not who Declare is. No, definitely Declare not. is that guy who wants to be creative, he wants to attack, he wants to play downhill. And I think DJ Smith has just said, you know what? You be you. Play your game. And I think he's been rewarded for that. Yeah, and I mean, he was rewarded with an all-star appearance this year. I think well-deserved. Um, the kid, I remember when he was coming up with the Rangers, Everybody was saying, I remember I used to hear about it in the papers, you know, when, you know, if I'd catch a Ranger game, they'd say, watch out for this kid. This kid is going to be just a real stud in this league. And, you know, it didn't work out here in New York. It hadn't worked out in a couple other places, but, you know, he found his home in Ottawa. And I think that, yeah, it just, it, that's a great choice. I mean, the kid just couldn't figure it out. He couldn't get his, you know, his legs under him. He couldn't figure out how to get, you know, he wasn't put in the right position. He's, he's got it now. And yeah, Duclair's a good choice. I'll take it. I'll agree with you on that. That's not bad. Nicely done. Yeah, and and like we said, there's a lot of dudes that we can put in this this type of award. I I I think this year specifically has been you know, you look at a guy like Max Peck, Max Pacioretty, you look at a guy like William Nylander off the off the after all the hell yeah. <laughs> that the Toronto media put him through after this whole out last year and the fact that he's put on a hell of a season statistically you know this season um but you know this league is always full full of great storylines i think anthony declared to me like we said obviously bobby ryan to me should win this award 
but I think a close second place should be Anthony Duclair. Uh, actually, weird, his teammate. But, you know, I, I love this league so much because of the, the guys that – the brotherhood that this league has and the way that these guys support each other. Yeah, and I mean, with with all there's been there were so many great storylines going on. There were so many great games, so many great players. Everybody was having such it, just this year was one of the more fun. You know, it was honestly a perfect year to start a podcast because this year was one of the more fun years I could think of. You know that we've had over the past you know however many years. It's just been a lot of fun. You know, I've loved talking to you about it every week. You know, we're gonna try to keep you guys posted. You know, as we hear news, as there's news going on. You know, we're gonna you know, try to do some shows every now and again, just to, just to keep talking, because I know, I mean, I feel like I could speak for Nick on this one too. It's been a lot of fun doing this every week. So, you know, we want to keep you posted. We're going to have some segments, maybe some guests on, you know, just to kind of keep everything fresh, see what we can do. And, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun doing this. So we're going to keep on bringing you, bringing the laughs, bringing the smiles and bringing you some NHL. So Nick, what do you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, like, like we said, if, if this season goes on or not, we will continue to be here. We hope you guys continue to listen along with us. We hope you guys continue to chime in with us. This is the ultimate team sport, in my opinion, more so than football, more so than basketball. Um, whether or not this season continues or not remains to be seen. But even if we have to wait till next season, Eric and I will obviously be here. Yeah, just to give you guys the breakdown of everything. Exactly. We're not going anywhere. I mean, hopefully we can do in the next few weeks or months, we can do a playoff preview for you guys. We're going to do a free agency preview when that rolls along, you know, all that craziness. So, you know, just just keep on looking. Again, we're on Instagram and Twitter. It's been a little quiet the past week because of how nuts everything has been. But it's at top pair underscore pod. That's at top pair with the underscore pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Weinstein. As always, there's two C's and two N's. Nicholas, I'm going to let you do it like I do every week. What's your stuff? Plug it. As always, it's at mmaxwell01 on Twitter. Or if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, it's at bigjmaxwell. Yeah, and he won't be half in the bag like he is tonight every time when he's on Twitter. So. You can find or maybe us. Maybe I will. Who knows? Yeah, who I mean, knows? this that's if that's we're stuck in quarantine. Who knows? Well, that's part of the intrigue. You never know. Um, you know, you can find us all over the place. You can find the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcast. Podcasts. If I could speak, I've only been talking for almost an hour. Um, Spotify. You can find us on Radio Public. You can find us on Pocket Cast. You can find us everywhere. You can find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Net. I know I'm going to be in contact with my boy Chris Klim there who's doing some excellent stuff. You know, try to see what we can do to continue with, you know, get, bringing you the noise, bringing you the pot, and maybe some merch in the future, question mark. We'll see. Um, but you can find us anywhere. You can reach out to me, reach out to Nick, reach out to A1 Sportsnet, reach out to anybody. Just keep For the love of God, reach out to us. We're in quarantine. It's, yeah. it's sad. We're alone. We just need something to do. But we yeah, need some sort of connection with the outside world. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you guys. And as always, I'm Eric. He's Nick, and we are your top pair. And hear your voice of trees on. Will you come home and stop this pain tonight? Stop this pain tonight. Don't waste your time on me.